Hey, I'm Matt Cameron. Welcome to 20 or 20, a dominionated podcast featuring conversations with Canadian musicians, 20 minutes or 20 questions, whichever comes first. This is a very big country with a ton of great musicians, and it's very easy to get sucked into one region or one city when covering and following music. So far on this show, we have talked to artists from the Atlantic bubble, Quebec, and a bunch from the center of the universe, aka Toronto. But today, we finally hit the West Coast. My guest today is known as one of the nicest people in the Vancouver music scene. Jeff Kancade is the force behind the abrasive pop of Devours and the haunting glambient of the Golden Age of Wrestling. The Golden Age of Wrestling released their debut album Tombstone Piledriver back in May. It's an album I used to calm my nerves at the height of pandemic pandemonium, and it's one I told Jeff I would write about back in May, but never did because I started working on this podcast and blah, blah, blah. So I'm thrilled to have Jeff on the show and bring all of this kind of full circle. You can follow Jeff on Instagram at the Golden Age of Wrestling. Now for a taste of his sound, this is the Golden Age of Wrestling with Koopa Troopa Bleach. Hey Jeff, welcome to the show. Hello, Mac. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's 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 my pleasure. Um, so so Jeff, how this show uh, works is I set a timer for twenty minutes. I also okay. have about twenty questions to ask you, and if we reach the end of the time before I ask the twenty questions, then that's it. Uh, 
if we ask, if I ask all the 20 questions and you answer all 20 questions in under the 20 minutes, then that's also it. Um, oh and that's how it goes. No pressure though. No pressure. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm starting my timer right now. And my first question for you is where do you live and why do you live there? Oh, okay. So I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I grew up in Nanaimo and then lived in Victoria for university and then lived in Montreal for three years and then moved here 10 years ago to go back to school for um, like electronic music composing. And so, yeah, I moved here, I think partly to be closer to family and partly because of the school that I got in and then I stayed here. So that's why, that's why I'm in Vancouver. I'm wondering, um, I, you're the, you are the first West Coast uh, human to be on the show. So I'm, so I'm wondering if you could identify something that is great about the Vancouver music scene and then maybe something that you'd like to see change. Oh, I'm so glad that you're asking this. Cause yeah, I wasn't sure if you had a lot of like van con, like van content, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about the Vancouver music scene. Uh, this scene is, is amazing. Um, it's very crowded and very big and overflowing with musicians. I think that one thing I love about the scene is that there are, are so many unsung heroes in this city. We're really, really isolated in Vancouver and it feels like the media spotlight is always on Toronto or Montreal. And there is so much talent in Vancouver and it's a city that you kind of want to root for when you live here and you're in the underground music scene and you see how amazing and talented people are and how I would say maybe like 97% of the whole city is underground like almost no one breaks out of the city and it's it's complicated it's the same with toronto like it's expensive a lot of venues are constantly shutting down um the city is really really tough for touring musicians it's probably the hardest city in canada um, like a major city just because we're so isolated um it costs a lot to get to the island to, to bring a car to the island to play a few shows um, the next biggest like Canadian city that's worth playing is Calgary, which is like 10 and a half hours away. And then if you want to spend $800 to go play in Seattle or like in the States to get a visa, <laughs> whatever, then you can do that. But, but yeah, so it kind of feels like Vancouver is its own universe and we've built our own like community and hierarchy here and everything. But yeah, one thing that I wish would change, at least with the media, is I wish that like the rest of Canada would care more about Vancouver. Well, I'm, I'm tr I'm trying here. I think I think that we're, we're we're making an effort. Nice. Um. So your most recent release is uh, a release under the name "The Golden Age of Wrestling." The album is called Tombstone Pile Driver, which is what I mostly yeah. want to talk about today. But you also create under the name Devours. So I'm wondering if you could explain the difference between the two projects. Sure. Yeah. So I would say Devours has been the more prominent project. Uh, 2016 to right before COVID, I guess. I had been playing very regularly in Vancouver and I'd gone on tour and um, Devours was like my major focus, I, I would say. Um, and so like I had released a few albums for that project and it's still ongoing. Um, but yeah, it was, it's more sort of like synth pop with a bit of like industrial, like random, like PC music a tiny little bit, the stuff thrown into it. 
it's very gay. All of the lyrics are really personal and the whole thing is sort of about like my observations and experiences coming out in like the Vancouver gay community and just navigating that on my own. And so, yeah, it's like surprisingly because the Vancouver music scene isn't actually super queer. There are a lot of like straight indie rocker people here who are great. And most of the shows that I've played for Devourers have just been with other like punk bands and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I managed to somehow, like it, it seemed to catch on in Vancouver. And so that was like a major journey through the the scene and through playing festivals and stuff like that. Nostalgia's the worst. Who even needs to give a fuck about the 90s anymore? Yet I can't get enough of it. Remove my bones and shove me back inside my parents' VCR. Guess I got what I wanted. This year, I created a new solo side project called the Golden Age of Wrestling. As you know, I'm calling it Glambient, which is supposed to be sort of like a funny play on ambient music because I feel like a lot of ambient music is boring and it's made by people who are just like faceless and don't have personalities. <laughs> and so it's been a fun thing to have a little bit of like an aesthetic with the golden like veil and the running joke this year is that the golden age of wrestling is actually a bully and like a total asshole <laughs> and it's bullying the board and they have like a feud going on even though they're obviously both me uh but yeah so that's what i've been doing is trying to come up with a little bit of like a wrestling like heel persona for the golden age of wrestling and to inject a bit of like personality into this music which is a more mellow like sort of moody version of devours but it's still electronic based and there's some vocals and yeah so you mentioned that your the lyrics uh, in Devours are pretty pretty personal and 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 kind of fearless is the word that I would I would use. I find that your music is also like that. You're not afraid to kind of meld genre or or your influences and not afraid to like switch from super melodic pleasing moments to kind of like disorienting sounds. I'm wondering oh, where yeah. <laughs> that where that fearlessness comes from. Oh wow. I <laughs> I'm not sure. I've always liked to glue things together and to experiment. I still remember making music on my synth in my teens, and I still use the same synthesizer, actually. Like, when I'm performing live, it's still the same one that I grew up with. And it's it's a pretty good one. Uh, it's the model or, like, the make doesn't company doesn't exist anymore. But it was a good synth that had, like, 100 sounds built into it. And so I was... Like I grew up in the new metal era. And so I was really into corn and like Deftones and System of a Down and stuff like that. So I was, I've always loved like heavy, like aggressive music and I, I still do. And so I would make lots of aggressive sounding stuff on my keyboard with like bad sounding MIDI guitar. And then would also throw like steel drums or like very random things together because I could. And it was really easy when I had this like huge palette of like a hundred different 
nouns to weapons. So yeah, I've never really been a purist for like, there are, I feel like there are a lot of bands in Vancouver who like re are really good at mimicking one thing. Like they want to make something that sounds exactly like post-punk 1981 or something. Right. And they just do that. <laughs> and, and that's something there's always going to be an audience for that. But I think that, I don't know, I've just always been a little bit more like experimental maybe. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and yeah, you don't sound like any thing that i've heard so i think it's very cool so oh, so yeah. i i love tombstone pile driver you you released it back in back in may at like the, i feel like it was like the height of like the isolation kind of like we had been in isolation yeah. for like a month and a half kind of thing and it all was feeling very permanent and i found listening to your album like very soothing um which is kind of funny because it's because it's not necessarily chill yeah like necessarily <laughs> cool. there's kind of like this modernism and anxiety that kind of like runs through it um so i'm wondering if it was like a if it was a therapeutic album to make like did it did it bring a sense of calm to you like what were you yeah that, that, that's a good question um i think that for devourers it's been a lot of um like therapy through writing lyrics and i think that for the golden age of wrestling it's also therapeutic for sure uh, interestingly about a year ago i had like a major nervous breakdown and was getting really disillusioned with the music industry and was considering quitting entirely and um i was just having a bad year like i was struggling with uh, some like mental health and unemployment and stuff like that and so a lot of things that i was dealing with last year are things that people are dealing with this year with corona weirdly enough and early this year, I felt like I was upswinging and it was like, okay, I'm going to finally get my life back on track and like try to be happy again. And then Corona <laughs> happened and so much stuff, like all my plans for the hours got canceled. Uh, like it's, it's been kind of a brutal year. Also with the golden age of wrestling, it's such like a weird, bad time to launch a new project because I felt like it was just about to start building momentum in Vancouver. And I had some like a release show plan and stuff like that. And then it couldn't happen and so but yeah so weirdly enough last year when i had this big mental breakdown about my life that's when i created the golden age of wrestling and so the whole thing was sort of birthed out of this breakdown of feeling trapped and i needed some sort of like new outlet to like calm my anxiety and so yeah that's really really neat actually because it wasn't planned like i didn't necessarily put it out during corona to be like i'm going to try calming people's anxiety it just so <laughs> happened to work like that from my last year of like dealing with those same issues <laughs> that's i mean that's cr that's crazy and so did you always imagine yeah. it to be instrumental like was that always the intention to kind of be able to express yourself just through the music after you had already kind of done this intense personal writing for devours yeah i think that um maybe like uh, it's hard to say because I produce a, a lot of music. I think that with Devours, I tried to make it a little bit more like singles oriented, but just as a producer, like in my late 20s, I was working as a freelance composer uh, for like documentaries and I had done some TV commercials and stuff like that. And so that's maybe my ultimate comfort zone is just making instrumental music. That's what I was doing growing up as well. And so I think that I am I'm pretty prolific and the whole uh, like framework of just putting out one album and then spending two years uh, like touring, doing self-promotion, pictures and stuff like that. It's, it's just, 
I'm realizing like I was trying to play that game for a number of years and now I'm realizing that I just want to have like a steady stream of music coming out. And I think that I needed to create a separate project to just feel, um, yeah, like free to continue making music and putting it out regularly. And yeah, I, I don't know. Now there is, so there are moments where there is, um, there are words that kind of like pop pop out of the music here and there. On Goth Roulette, there is this, and I'm not sure if it's a sample or if it's your voice, but we get the first kind of clear word on the whole album, which is together, which I've, I always found kind of ironic given the way this year has played out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you think about when you when you hear think about that word together or just like you know either generally or specifically within the song Goth Roulette? Because every time I oh hear it, I'm god. like I'm like oh my god, it's so intense <laughs> in a good oh, way. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I so that is me singing on it. Um, some of the other songs are little like samples of other people um, that I've sort of like pitched up or down or something like that, and so. Sometimes I just try to work with whatever I can find that is legal. Um, but yeah, and then every so often I come up with the vocal sample and then tweak my own voice or something like that. Sometimes it's hard to even tell like if it is me or if it's someone else. But yeah, I really, really like Goth Roulette and I wish that I had like a deep, profound story for you for that one. I think that I just liked the sound of the word. touched on in a bit but the golden age of wrestling feels like more than just a name for the project right it's kind of part of the aesthetic uh of the project yeah. so what does getting into that character do for you as as an artist oh okay yeah this is kind of interesting because with devours devours is always so vulnerable and so exposed and i think that just through navigating through the very like tricky social scene and like music scene in Vancouver, um, I've had to be really nice. <laughs> you know, it's lots of like musicians supporting other musicians and a part of me is like genuinely a, a pretty nice person, but also you need to like bite your tongue a lot and just give people compliments. And like, it's, it's sort of like a big social game when you're trying to like get somewhere in the a music community. Um, and I think that the golden age of wrestling is just like a, a fun way of showing a different side of me that I feel like maybe I can't do with Devourers because I have this image of like the nice guy or something <laughs> like that. Just maybe not in terms of like on social media or something, but just in the community. I've had people just be like, oh yeah, Jeff is like a nice Mr. Nice Guy or something like that. I don't think that I come off as like edgy and cool. I probably just come off as like the cool or like the nice like old dad. You, in stri you strike me as a very nice guy, Jeff. So, <laughs> so well, I get... yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's nice, but also kind of like not great. 
sometimes like a nice guys finish last so do you so yeah. are you a, a wrestling fan is that like a, a a lifelong kind of like passion of yours that you've managed to incorporate into uh, your music absolutely yeah i've always loved wrestling i've always been extremely like attracted to wrestlers <laughs> so i think that it was like just a combo of a lot of things of like that was basically my version of porn when I was growing up. Um, not to like be gross on your no, radio no, show. it's interesting. But yeah, and like I also just love the theatrical aspect of it and like creating a new character and coming like figuring out what your strengths are. You know, if you're like a big muscle guy, then you can just sort of get away with it. If you're like skinny and don't have a great body, then you need to come up with like a slightly goofy persona. It's it's so interesting, like the business aspect of it and the sort of like knowing how to sell yourself and connect with people. There's been a lot of that in my own like journey with with music, you know, of being a little bit older, not necessarily being like a cool looking young person. Uh, maybe someone like Orville Peck also mm-hmm. was dealing with that. But yeah, just coming up with a different like character for yourself is cool. Uh, yeah, I really loved WCW. It was the rival company from WWE back in the 90s, and it had Goldberg. He was like a one-trick pony. He was a really bad wrestler, but he just like had the right image at the right time and was like a huge star in WCW. But uh, yeah, wrestling is amazing, and I love it. And I think that a lot of people have asked me like, oh, is the is your stage name kind of like ironic or something? But no, it checks out. I'm a huge wrestler. <laughs> One of my favorite songs on Tombstone Piledriver is called At Your Best, Your Jaw Rule. Jaw Rule, of course, <laughs> one of the brains behind Firefest, the voice behind uh, several big, big pop hits of the late 90s and early aughts. Uh, and I'm wondering yeah. if you could settle something for me. We're going to merge. We're going to merge worlds here in a cage match. Who would you pick oh. to win? Always on Time by Jaw Rule and Ashanti or I'm Real, the Murder Remix by Jennifer Lopez and Jaw Rule. Oh, my God. God, Mac. Oh my God. Oh shit. Okay, so with a few friends, uh, maybe a month ago, we uh, revisited early Ja Rule. We spent an entire evening watching everything from Hala Hala. Do you remember his like breakout solo single? I think I might be a bit too young. It was really okay. It was maybe like two thousand one or two thousand two. And then yeah. just like a, a year later was like, all, we're all of those collabos with Ashanti and Shalo and stuff like that. You should check out Hola Hola. It's very DMX-ish, uh, like much more like hard hitting. I was really yeah. into it at the time. But yeah, then he got into his collabos 
Uh, I really don't like Jennifer Lopez. There's something that has always thought she's talented and she's a really good looking and stuff. But like as a singer, she's so bad. And I always like resented her music career. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't want to like support her or even talk about JLo as a musician. Uh, Ashanti is okay. Uh, Ashanti had a single in the mid 2000s. That's one of my favorite like pop R&B songs of all time. It's called Only You. And it is so, so, so incredible. It's um, very dark. And like before it was trendy to be like the weekend and like dark R&B and stuff. I feel like it was about four years ahead of its time. Please check out Only You if you're listening to this podcast right now by Ashanti. To answer your question, uh, always on time, 100%. So my, my classic last question on the show is, um, we, you know, we like to pay it forward and, and you've, you've spoken very highly of the, the Vancouver music scene. Um, I'm wondering if there's a, a Vancouver artist or an album by a Vancouver artist that you think everyone should know about uh, that you can share with us. Oh, so many to choose from. Um, yeah, like there's one artist. Um, she's about to put out an, a new album in a few months. Um, if you're looking for new people to chat with, she's the perfect choice. She has a big sort of like cult underbellowing in Vancouver. She just moved to Victoria recently for work, but she's, yeah, her name is Future Star and she makes sort of like twee, like really cute bedroom pop and has lots of cred in the scene. She's been around for a long time. And so, yeah, she's someone who I would choose as like someone who should be huge, but isn't. And then another artist who's worth checking out is Shitlord Fuckerman who is a local trans artist, lots of um, local cred, like one of the best performers in Vancouver. And it's sort of like glitchy video game, like punk music as well. Maybe a little bit like 100 decks, but yeah, Chitlor has been around for a while. We did a little BC tour last year. And so, yeah, those are two artists that I would check out. I, uh, well, I appreciate those suggestions and I really appreciate you, Jeff, uh, talking to me today. It was great to get to know you a little bit and. Uh, I wish you all the best, and uh, I hope everyone goes and checks out all your albums, both Devours and uh, The Golden Age of Wrestling. Thank you. <laughs> 20 or 20 is brought to you by Dominionated. Canada's best Canadian-only music website, in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms, visit the site dominionated.ca, and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at a really slow runner on Instagram. No vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mac Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron. No vowels in Cameron. Please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Big thank you to Jeff for being on the show today. Go check out both of his projects, Devours and The Golden Age of Wrestling. Next week on the show, I'm bringing it back to the center of the universe. I'm going to be talking to Rose Brokenshire about her new EP, In a Spell. That's it for me this week. Thank you for listening. Be well. Peace. Peace.